So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, blah, blah, blah. It is season three, episode four of the most inconsistent, world-famous, chart-topping authority on alcoholism and all things dereliction. It is the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast, and I'm Chris, and I am an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. This week, my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole, and I identify as a women's bicycle seat. That's interesting. And I think dirty. I just don't know how to make the connection, but okay. Sweaty vagina is sitting on my face all the time. Or you're sitting on it. No, I'm the bicycle seat. Oh, that's right. Okay. Wow. Dream come true. Clearly, your several marriages have taught you nothing. (laughs) You know I'm not good with the sayings. Or the positions. (laughs) I'm old. True story. Although I'm doing the squat challenge now, so get ready. By the end of uh, the month of March, I may be ready for bigger and better things. Like the boys back in college? I was going to say, I don't think it's going to get bigger or better here, but maybe I'll just be more acrobatic. Things I am not looking forward to. (laughs) I like plain vanilla sex in my early 40s. (laughs) I am too tired and too annoyed for much of anything else. What's with the voice tonight? It's incredible, isn't it? It's like very announcer or something. I don't know. Well, it is our third season, darling. Okay. You you sound creepy. No, you sound super creepy. (laughs) Nobody gives a fuck what you think. All right, let's go on. Shall we? Yes, please. Let us thank the sponsors. Our studio sponsor, as always, is Marlene Graphics. MarleneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And Realtor and a Baby, RealtorAndABaby.com for all of your real estate needs. The spring market is officially upon us, Megan. Yes, after Super Bowl kicks off. Oh, it sure has. And you're already doing quite well this year. I'm always doing quite well, Megan. I know, you married me. You know who's not? Who? Your husband's, your first husband's lawyer. Oh. Lots and lots of billable hours recently. (laughs) Well, then they're actually doing very well. Hmm, that's actually true. I think we get the raw end of that deal. Oh, well. You know what sucks about divorce? What? Never ends. It doesn't. Like, it's it's kind of weird, right? Like, I have obviously done things incredibly well and correct, of course. Yeah, always. Because I set the standard. Thank God. You know, you get married, you go through the whole whatever, life, kids, blah, 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 things fall apart. I, I think... In a lot of circumstances or a lot of cases, I think that's typically for the best, right? Well, I mean, it's not for the best that they fall apart, but if they do fall apart, then the best option, yes, is divorce. Yeah. I think one of the most damaging things is for people that are in a marriage to get divorced, but before all of that happens, they say things like, well, we stayed together for the kids. Yes. But is it really for the kids? No, and I can say that now in hindsight. Like, I stayed longer than I should have because I thought that was what would be best for my son at the time. Um, But it nearly killed me. So, um, in hindsight, I can tell you, no, get out now if things are that bad. If they're not redeemable. Like, I always think everything's worth an effort, worth a try. Worth, when, sure. If both parties are willing to, like I still believe in marriage, even though my first one 
end it poorly. Oh, you know? You're going to keep going until you get it right, clearly. <laughs> and luckily I did. <laughs> but, you know, I think if it's at the point of no return, then yes, I think, you know, like I think I've said this before, it nearly killed me. How do you know it's the point of no return? Um, I think... Is it a series of events? Is yeah, it, I think it's a series of events. Do you just wake up on a random Tuesday and you're like, okay, I'm done? No, I think there was a point for me when I was done, but leading up to that... Well, what was the point? Let's Let's take this in stride here. I'm trying to recall. So, I guess it was a year before... I remember being a Christmas Eve, actually. Huh. And I'm getting everything ready for Christmas Eve. And we've talked about this. I love Christmas, blah, blah, blah. I'm prepping Christmas, prepping Christmas. The holiest of holidays. And there was some disagreement, and he lost it on me. And I remember. Define lost it. Screaming, yelling, whatever. And I remember going to bed that night being like, I'm so. How is this my life? You know? Mm um and then it was that that was not an isolated incident i'll i'll assume no and then over that year i had asked like who uh my ex can we get counseling can we get help no 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 you know what i mean um and then it was like you know i was kind of done at that point but i kept making the donuts for another god year and a half i guess until i was finally done and i had you know also leading up to that, this is uh, right before that Christmas Eve, um, we'd been trying to have another baby and going through infertility and all this kind of stuff. And I did finally get pregnant um, and I lost that pregnancy and I was so devastated and he was switching jobs at the time, mm-hmm. making a career move, um, going to be commuting to Jersey City, which we live nowhere near. And I remember, you know, I called and I was so devastated. I'm going to the doctor, you know, all the stuff. And he's like, you know, I have to say I'm actually relieved because it would be a little too much for me right now with my career picking up. No, it. Can I just, for one brief moment, I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I think we all know that I will never defend the forehead in my entire life. Do you think that, because men, biologically, scientifically, do not have the appropriate parts to carry the baby, that we are just so detached that saying something like that is just like, you know, it is what it is? Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I don't think that necessarily you have an emotional connection as a man with the baby until it's like earth side. You know what I mean? Or until your rounds of golf are completed that summer. Right. And you're able to appropriately bond. Sure. But I don't know. Like, I remember us sitting there in the doctor's office, Chris, the first time we heard Frankie's heartbeat, like you sobbed and maybe it was tears of fear. Um, But I remember, you know, the nurse sitting there giving you the hugs, like patting you on the back. And I'm sitting there with the jelly on my belly. And I'm like, really? How about me? But that's because she had a great set of tits (laughs) and was also looking for a property at the point at at that point in time. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. So I guess that's when it ended for me. But it didn't end. Right. That was the thing. I, I then took a million different turns to try to get out of it but always backtracked because I was terrified. I didn't want to disappoint my family. I didn't want to disappoint my son. I I didn't want to be a failure um, until I landed in rehab. And then I actually left. Mm. So, you know, I don't recommend getting to rehab to leave if things are that bad. I totally understand that, right? 
Okay. I, I mean, you never want that to be like the last line of defense to actually be the catalyst to changing your life. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, I, I never like the term rock bottom because everybody's rock bottom looks different. I almost think that it's unfortunate that that has to be the catalyst for change. No, I agree with that. I mean, it almost gave me strength. I know that sounds crazy. I mean, not to me, maybe to some people. Sure. You know, it was interesting when I was able to make that first call home in 48 hours with your counselor or whatever. I called my parents. I called my dad. Did not call home, even though at that time I was still living there. And You, you mean home like your parents' house, not like your... No, my married home. Right. And my dad was, you know, talking to the counselor. Well, I do think it's important, you know, her and her husband should really keep trying to work on things. And again, I'm not dissing my dad for this. You know what I mean? That's I will. An ideal. Do you want me to? No, that's an that's an ideal that you want. You don't want you don't ever want your kids to go through something hard. You know what I mean? And divorce is hard. So I, I don't blame my parents at all for that. Did your at that particular point in time, I'm sure your parents knew that there was. Yeah. You know, trouble. Yes. What's the saying? Trouble in the waters, trouble something. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, the forehead was whacking you around, whatever you want to call it. Did they know like the really nitty gritty? Did they know that basically you were at this low in your life? because of your marriage or a side effect of your marriage in other words was megan honest no probably not and i'd also like to say that i I don't want to blame getting to rehab on my marriage i don't think that's fair at all why not you know what i mean sounds great it does but i think that's like uh, you know i did when i got into rehab a hundred percent you know i was blaming everyone else but you know what i mean i think common first time rehab yes i think now that i've gotten you know a little a couple 24s under my belt and worked a program like there's i have no one to blame for getting into rehab but myself you Mm. know what i mean and that in and of itself is such a freeing statement it is take responsibility for your own shit absolutely so you know i have I have no uh, animosity towards anyone in this situation, you know, and not even mm. myself anymore. I forgive myself. But anyway, oh. um, no, I don't I don't think they knew everything. No, because I was living a lie for so long. You know, how can anyone know when you're not telling the truth? Mm. And I think that's a big thing that happens. You know, I we talked about talking about hard things that we don't talk about in society. And I've recently had a couple acquaintances um, that have gone through a divorce or are going through a divorce and have kept it so hidden and have told me, you know, the one was a very good friend of mine. And, you know, I didn't know till kind of final hour and the other one's more of an acquaintance. But still, I mean, it was so far in and they're still not talking about it in the public. Mm. Which is fine. That's everyone's choice. To each their own, right? But you I, can only talk about it when you reach a certain level of comfort. And I, I don't care what that is. I just know how hard it is living that lie. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, I just, I don't know, my heart goes out to them, right? And there's so many people out there living like that. And it's not just with marriage. No, absolutely. I mean, there's people out there too, like if you talk about marriages... Living in marriages where people are living two separate lives, and maybe that works for them, but you know, there's a lot of unhappy people out there. Mm. And you know, like I said, I'm pro marriage, so I think you know, you either figure out how to make yourself happy in it, or I don't think staying is the right answer. I mean, for me, it literally almost killed me. Right. 
I, I don't think staying, frankly, in anything, and I think you can extend this to obviously marriage because we're talking about it. You can extend that also to work, right? If it's really that detrimental to your mental health, your happiness, your whatever, it's not worth it. No, I agree with that. But I also think there has to be some grit involved in it. I well, think you yeah, have you to can't put, just be yeah. like, well, fuck it, it's not working. Well, because we're talking to the runner, right? A across, exactly. Across the table from me. So, like, when Chris and I first started dating, like, he literally rifled through jobs every six weeks. Hell yeah, because I was not happy and I was not going to let it kill me. Uh, yeah, no, because I think you just didn't like what people had to say. And I was also of... not going to give it a chance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so There's obviously two ends of the extreme here. Right. Exactly. I gave it a 10-year chance. But I think... It, you know, yes, you're right. When it comes to the point where it's harming you more than it's helping and there is no redeeming shot, then yes, I think out is the best avenue. No, I agree with that. I had a lot to say on this topic, but you sprung it on me. I didn't think this is what we were talking about tonight. Oh, do you want to shoot in a different direction? We yeah, can I'm all circle back up to this. Now. Yes. What do you want to talk about, Maggie? Um, I was thought we'd talk about where we've been the last two weeks. Uh, not in your asshole. Nope. Ever. Someone was in my asshole, though. Ooh. Shall I tell that story? You certainly shall. I think this is actually a great time to segue and get a brief statement from our random show sponsor, Auntie Gay P. Not playing your reindeer games, cocksucker. You really rode Chris the other weekend? I did, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's happy to hear that. And and you didn't, you didn't, like, Smother him with her psyche titties? No, nah, I probably kept a bra on. Come on, JP. I'm uh, almost 40. <laughs> well, at least you're almost 50. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, Matt, because I'm almost 50. I was going to say, our friend nearing the grave. Are you recording? Yeah, of course. Suck it long and suck it good, bitch. Thanks, JP. And as always, some enlightening thoughts from our dear friend, Auntie JP. <laughs> So, uh, as we all know, I went and got the colonoscopy. I got a horrendous bum. And I also had surgery, you know, on my asshole when I was pregnant with Frankie in 2020. And I had follow-up the colorectal surgeon, I don't know, twice. And then I recall getting a postcard, I guess, the following year. But it was a pandemic. I, I thought it was just for a colonoscopy. So, I guess I kind of ignored it. So, when I get the colonoscopy... This is the problem with people who work in the medical field. I guess I just ignored it. Well, I was... The fuck you did. You knew goddamn well that you had a follow-up appointment and you were like, no, I got shit to do. I went twice. And then I got the colonoscopy, right? And so the GI doctor is saying to me, you need to go back to the colorectal surgeon. I'm like, weren't you just up there, bro? And he's like, no, it's different. Really? Because you passed my asshole on the way up to my colon. <laughs> you couldn't have just checked out what needed to be checked out on the way up. I thought I was covering all the bases by getting the full colonoscopy. I mean, it sounds like it. So he's like, no, the polyp they removed during that surgery was precancerous. You need to go every year to the colorectal surgeon. I was like, all right. So I called back in November after the colonoscopy. And they're like, the first appointment we have is like end of February. I was like, well, I'm two years late. I don't think two more months is going to matter. So I I go to the colorectal surgeon last Thursday. And as soon as I walk in, I know this is not what I have signed up for. Meaning? The MA who's asking me the questions, you know, meds you're on, allergies, says, 
did you do two enemas prior to coming this morning? No. I mean, it's a Thursday. I I didn't know that was part of my morning thing I had to do here. No one told me about the enemas. She's like, well, that may be okay. And I'm like, all right. I look over. This exam table looks like a procedure table. Hmm. Then the colorectal surgeon comes in and says, you know, the polyp we removed in 2020 was precancerous. So every year we need to do basically like a pap smear of your asshole, although he doesn't say asshole. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, take your pants and panties off. Here's a drape. We'll be back in. So I'm sitting there waiting with the drape. I look over. There is a table next to me that has these barbaric metal. I don't even know what you call them, but I'm in a colorectal surgeon's office, so I know where they put them. Can I just for one brief moment, I'd like to interrupt this horrifically long story. Why does the doctor walk out when you're getting undressed only to come back into the room 12 seconds later and be neck deep in your your woman parts? I don't know. I do, too, though, when I'm doing a GYN exam. That's like proper medical etiquette. What's the proper medical etiquette about literally being eyeballs deep in someone's vagina? I think the dignity has already gone out the window. Yeah, but that's like clinical. I don't know. Someone undressing is not. I don't know. Anyway, I send Chris and JP a picture of what's on the table. I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen here, but I am not prepared. (laughs) So he comes in. He's like, okay, first what we're going to do is it's going to be a bristly brush. That's going to go in just like with a pap smear. And I'm like, all right. bristly brush. And I'm like, all right, I know what that looks like. He's showing me the brush. I can handle this. So I'm on my side. He's like, I'm sorry. I know it's uncomfortable. I mean, he is like digging for China. Was he like Bob Ross with his bristly brush? Yeah. Happy little asshole. Paint the trees faster, bro, and get out. (laughs) And then he says, now we're going to do the speculum exam. And I'm thinking that's what those metal things are for. And he said... It's just like a pap smear. Well, let me tell you, I have had pap smears annually like a good girl since I was 18 years old. That is not what a pap smear feels like. (laughs) And he's in there now with his speculum and he's like explaining to me the inside of my asshole. Oh, there's a little bleeding. That's just from the brush. I don't see anything. Oh, there's some modern internal hemorrhoids. No kidding. You have a metal fucking speculum in my asshole. I can feel the hemorrhoids. So he takes it out. I was supposed to meet my friend for coffee because she was coming into work that day. I literally head down, ran to the car. He's like, if everything comes back negative, then we'll do this again in a year. And he's like, otherwise you'll have to come back in for more invasive biopsies. I'm thinking, what's more invasive than what just happened to me? I can't imagine anything more invasive than that. I literally run to my car. My friend texts me. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm running late. I'm like, that's fine. I'm leaving. I I can't. (laughs) I'm pretty much done with my day now. I explained to her what just happened. I said, he said, we'll see you back in a year. And she's like, the fuck you will. And I was like, right? I was like, thank God. I called Chris. I was like, thank God. I didn't know what was going to happen to me today. When I walked in or that appointment would have been far longer than two years late. Mm. But now I know. So annually, along with my colonoscopies, because why isn't it the same thing? I'll be getting that done. I think that's a good idea. You know what else is a good idea? Why don't you step out real quick and check on the incredibly loud, viciously screaming child? Somebody is not doing their job out there. This is my fucking life. Fucking horrible. Okay. Okay. Back? Good to go? Sure. I mean, we'll see for how long. But anyway, we haven't been here in the last three weeks. We've been a little busy. 
because Chris was away two weekends ago and we were both away this past weekend. Why don't you delve into that? Where were we this past weekend? At the shore. Oh, that's not really away. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't have stuff to record. No, you're absolutely right. Exactly. My mother and stepfather sold their house back in Worcester, which besides... Oh, Aaron. Now I have no more reasons to go to Worcester. I know. That was it. That was your final trip. I thought that's what we talk about. Oh, I didn't get the chance to meet up with Aaron. Were you thinking about it? Of course I was. <laughs> Why did you decide not to? Because Auntie Gapey and I went and had dinner at Ruth's Chris. Yeah, I actually didn't care if you met up with her, but why don't you talk about going up there and all that? Wait a minute, you wouldn't have cared? No, I trust you. Well, you know what meet up means, right? Well, that would be on you. I mean, we weren't going to fucking Bible study together. I don't know. I thought maybe if you wanted to talk, make some amends, or if you needed some sort of closure, maybe you could move on. No. It was, I don't know, it was interesting. It was a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be. It was, I think, emotional for the right reasons. Uh, my parents are getting older. My stepdad is about four or five years, well, maybe three or four years into a Parkinson's diagnosis, which if you know anything about Parkinson's, it's not good at all. It's actually probably one of the worst ways to go. Maybe outside of like Lou Gehrig's. Is Lou Gehrig's where you're like completely aware, but you can't move? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So I'm going to, if I get, if I get diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's, I'm going to have to rig up so like some sort of system where there's a string attached to a pistol. But anywho, you know, so it was hard. It was challenging emotionally, mentally. I worked on that Friday and then I jumped on a flight, flew up to Boston first class because I did not get sober to fly with the peasants. And then I got in 1.30 in the morning, Friday night, Saturday morning. Auntie Gay P came over the house because he lives out in the Berkshires. He's about two hours away. Which was freaking amazing that he did it. And it would have been impossible if he hadn't. Well, I mean, he's not a ton of help because he is a gay man. But, you know, he lifted a couple of things. So it was good. I mean, he's large. He's got like he's got he's like tall a, and strength yeah, I mean, and he's in shape. Fucking real life big bird. I know, but I mean, I just feel like he would have good lifting power. I believe they refer to him as a power bottom. Oh, okay. So it's not really the lifting power. Mm. Anywho, it was it was emotionally draining. You know, again, I worked Friday, came back, worked on Monday. I jumped in a U-Haul Sunday morning, drove the truck back down here, unloaded it Sunday night, and then somehow went to bed and actually made it to work on time Monday morning. Which is shocking. It was very surprising. I know. But anyways, it was, I don't know. I haven't really honestly thought about it. I think it was sort of the, the closure of the Worcester chapter for me, which is, again, what I think I really needed. Um... You know, I never really closed that because, again, as, as Megan has stated previously, I'm a runner. So what did I do? Uh, I packed up my shit and I left Worcester. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. And that's that. And now there is no reason to go back. I was just going to say, like, we may never be back there again. I will. We will be back there on two occasions. Okay. Maybe four occasions. And that's literally just to bury my parents. Yeah. That's a pretty morbid thought, but that's the reality. Yeah. No reasons to go back. I know. Is that odd? I mean, that's 
where you grew up. Yeah. But it's not like, yes, it is where I grew up, but it's not like where you grew up, where there's all these, you know, happy and great memories. Yes, there certainly are some happy and great memories in there. I've said it before. There's also a large portion of my life. I mean, almost two decades where I spent fucking my life up. You know, obviously those are not great memories. I think it's a great base or platform to build my recovery off of. Uh, but the fact that I'm never going to go back there again, I think is almost a little metaphoric for my whole recovery process in general. Yeah. You know? Like that's all behind you like, now. Like I don't have to go back to Worcester. I don't have to go back to rehab. I just don't have to pick up. And you live in this place now where you're not always looking around the corner or behind your shoulder because there's someone there that you've wronged or, you know what I mean? Cause no, that's why we have an insane collection of guns. No, but you've said that before going up there, you know, like who are you going to run into? Who are you going to see? Absolutely. I mean, there's people, places and things, i.e., you know, that I've stolen tens of thousands of dollars from i robbed a drug dealer shortly before i left worcester the last time pretty sure they'd love to see me in a dark alley yeah and now here you are in pennsylvania where you've only lived this righteous i mean you know i wouldn't really call it righteous me neither but life you know what i mean i've there lived a life hasn't of recovery. been anyone here that you've wronged uh, except that girl when we were broken up for two weeks I don't think you wronged her. I think it was me. Why are you going to make it about you? I'm just saying. It's always about you. Whatever. It's it's a stark difference, you know, the Worcester from here. And again, uh, I don't know if anybody can see the pattern here, but that is because the, I committed to a life of recovery when I crossed the Pennsylvania border and became a resident. And how amazing is it that your parents, even though you lived two, years, two decades of debauchery, Mm. are coming here to depend on you. Well, really, they're depending on you. Yeah. I mean, I'm just the muscle. Yeah, but you've done so much for them in this move. You you're, know what I mean? You're going to navigate the rest of their lives, medically, financially, all of the above. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's it's actually, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it's even, you know, I say the same thing about every time I meet a new real estate client and help them purchase or sell a property. The fact that, and again, 99% of these people don't really know too much about their old friend Chrissy. Uh, the fact that they trust me with these life-moving decisions, literally hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars worth of real estate in a transaction, is just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And in, in the fact that my parents do trust me, trust us, to be close enough and know that at the end of the day, we have their best interests in mind is just mind-blowing. Because again, seven or eight years ago, that same woman that we are now looking out for told me to kill myself because she'd had enough of my shit. Yeah. Does that ever overwhelm you? Like living two decades, literally carrying no responsibility because no one would depend on you for shit. Yeah. To going to being the guy that's now kind of not responsible for. I mean, they're, you know, responsible, functional adults. Um, no, absolutely. But, 
you, you know, to be that guy eventually. And it's going to grow into that role where, you know, it will be your responsibility. It doesn't overwhelm me at this point in time, per se. Okay. Because they are both alive, despite my stepfather's diagnosis. He is also doing well. I think it is going to overwhelm me at some points in time. Like we have, they've only been here week, week and a half. Not even. And we have, I mean, we've lined them up with, Megan has done a tremendous amount of work in, as far as figuring out their new doctors and getting healthcare set up. I have reached out to various lawyers to get estates set up and trusts set up and and to make sure that they're, their assets, so to speak, are protected from, you know, the people that will eventually try to get them, i.e. a long-term care facility. Yeah. That in and of itself is a little bit overwhelming because, again, I'm still a husband. I'm still a dad. I'm still a garbage man. I showed houses this weekend. Like, there are a lot of moving fucking parts. It's a lot of responsibilities that I still have to tend to. But again, this is kind of where I shine, right? Throw me in the midst of the fucking chaos, and I will make it happen. I may also end up in a gutter in Kensington very shortly. No, we won't let that happen. No. I do think that one of the things we need to do is this podcast every week. Oh, here we go. I'm serious. No matter what is going on, this is our time, our one hour to reconnect every week. Can't we just fuck in the shower like normal people and check that box every week? We don't have a shower because it's still being remodeled for the last <laughs> two months. This fucking guy. <laughs> Anybody know a bathroom contractor? So it's not even an option. <laughs> we, could, we could fuck in the shower and just be dry like your 39-year-old vagina. Hey, I'm only 38 and a half. Oh, sorry, honey. I didn't mean to insult you there. <laughs> we'll have to go to the YMCA and use their shower. I'm, no. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, I'm I was sure. Gonna say. <laughs> I wonder if Auntie Gay P's ever fucked anyone in the shower at the Y. <laughs> Should we call him back or do you think he's had enough of our shit? No, I'm sure he has. So anywho, there are just you know what, there's a lot of moving parts and I have to say that I'm grateful that there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. I really am. Because if there were not a lot of moving parts, I would not be in a good position right now. Like, really, I, I need, I'm like the fucking bird dog. I need stimulation constantly. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I mean, we have enough stimulation right now, so you don't have to worry about it. But, like, you can actually provide your own. Yeah, I do. You know what I mean? Like The country clubs, Costco, we are now exclusive. Uh, what's the, we are now executive members at the BJ's. I know. I love that order pickup. Uh, yeah, gun ranges, you know, <laughs> recovery. You keep yourself occupied. Helping the next person, picking up the garbage, selling a house. And there's a lot to do. Yes. But it's never enough. Oh, God. Some days it just has to be. There's not enough hours in the day. No, you make hours. That's right. Multitask. Delegate things of that nature but yeah no i am i am eternally grateful to my parents for for trusting me and for honestly and this sound this is going to sound selfish i need everybody to sit down for a moment i am grateful that they've actually made the plunge to move down here and be close and make it easy on us heck yeah and i can't even believe that it happened it was such a whirlwind 
Like they've been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And all of a sudden in a 28 day span, they sold a house, bought a house and relocated. They changed states. Yeah. Like it was almost out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing was really out of the blue. Like my stepdad retired and then they put their house on the market. They got a killer offer immediately. We put their house down here under contract, not just a couple of days after that. And then it was time to book a flight and get a moving truck. I was like, fuck. Yeah, it's. I really can't even believe it happened. And good for them. And you know what? They are, for better or worse, they're in the right place. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a lot of support and much like the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, there is strength and numbers. Nobody can do this alone. I don't care what it is, except maybe masturbate. And even sometimes it's not as fun. Unless there's somebody else involved. But then it's not really masturbation, I was going to say, yeah, I don't... Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Then it gets weird, as it, it normally does. I was going to say, it's already weird. Yeah. Okay. But that's it. There's, you know, there's strength in numbers. There's a lot to be said about being surrounded by family. Yeah. And and knowing it's sort of like, what was the three musketeers? All for one, one for all, some oh, bullshit. yeah, I think that was. Or Captain Hook? No? No. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not the hook. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, uh, eternally grateful for them, and I'm sure they are for us. As a matter of fact, Megan's walk away with like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of jewelry and purses. And, I know. Every like, time she's not I even fucking there, dead yet. Your mom keeps gifting me a new bag. I don't want it anymore. And I'm like, I, I'll hold it for you, but these are your things. My mother has this gargantuan uh, wedding band. And she gave Megan, like, you know, some jewelry today and things of that nature. And I was like, Mom, Mumsy, she really wants your wedding band. I was like, no, I don't. I don't want it. At 2.30 in the afternoon, Alice is already throw up fucking puking drunk. And she's like, I don't even want it. You take it. I was like, no, I'm not taking that. I was like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> fucking scumbag. Oh, my God. You always make me uncomfortable. That's the whole goal. I know. It's not you to love you. succeed every time. It's not to, you know, raise a beautiful family. It's just to make you uncomfortable. Speaking of love me, you know what this week is? Uh, no. You proposed four years ago. Did I? Yeah, four years ago we were in Puerto Rico. Photos keep showing up. March 6th. Oh, that's... I know. Oh, that's tomorrow. Is it? I didn't know what the day was today, so... Yeah, today's the 5th. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. I know. I don't even know if that's congratulatory. I don't think so. But you're welcome. Either way. Congrats to you, I guess. Yeah, I like it. I know. Crazy ride we've been on. Sure is. So that's it, people. Strength in numbers. Stay focused. Stay sober. And talk about the hard stuff. Talk about the hard stuff and just don't fucking pick up. And if you need something, call us. Email us. Happy to help. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I am Chris. I am an alcoholic. My pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. I identify this week as a bicycle seat. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.